Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need support from women who totally understand, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a session today. One simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click, follow, or subscribe to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating helps make this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that will make this type of abuse worse. For those of you who follow or subscribe to this podcast, thank you so much. Your support means so much to me. I have Gretchen Baskerville on today's episode. She is a Christian divorce recovery leader and researcher. For 20 years, she has worked with Christian women going through difficult life-saving divorces, listening with compassion to those who have suffered from domestic violence, betrayal, infidelity, addicted partners, and emotional abuse. She herself is a survivor of a toxic marriage. She walked through her own life-saving divorce and was a single mother for many years. Today, she's happily remarried She is a graduate of Wheaton College with a degree in Bible and Christian education. Welcome, Gretchen. Oh, it's so great to be with you, Anne. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to be talking about myths of divorce. And for my non-religious friends listening, stay tuned. Don't worry. These are also myths that you have heard. These are common myths, not only that women of faith encounter, but it's also just sort of societal things that people say. And so Gretchen's really going to talk about these myths, why they're not true, first of all, and then also why they can stop us from getting to safety. You can find Gretchen's book, Life Saving Divorce, on our curated list of books, which is btr.org slash books. You can also find it on Amazon and other places. Again, it's called Life Saving Divorce by Gretchen Baskerville, and I highly, highly recommend it. So make sure that you check that out. So Gretchen, both women of faith and just women in general, regardless of their paradigm, they really feel like divorce is going to hurt their kids. So let's start with myth number one. You say that one of the first myths that many people think, especially women of faith, is divorce will destroy your kids. Can you talk about why this is a myth? Let me just say something that's really important right up front. This myth is a little bit nuanced. This myth that divorce is universally destructive for kids is not true when you have gone through a really destructive marriage. So I'm not talking about someone who wants an I'm bored divorce or an I feel unfulfilled divorce, or an I miss the party life divorce. I'm talking about people who are considering or have gone through a divorce for really serious reasons, what I call the life-saving reasons. That would be a pattern of sexual immorality, physical violence, chronic emotional coercion, life-altering addictions, abandonment, in many cases, severe neglect or indifference. These are people who aren't looking for a grass is greener divorce. They are looking for relief from the chaos. 
they want safety. And that's where this first myth really comes in. Divorce is not universally destructive to children. The truth is eight in 10 kids of divorce turn out fine with no long-term emotional, psychological, or social problems. And we've known that for over 30 years. Some critics are going to misquote me and they're going to say, you know, Gretchen denies that kids feel any pain or sadness or grief. You know, Gretchen is claiming that kids just sail through divorce without any negative feelings at all. And, and that's not at all what I'm saying. Anybody who's ever been through a divorce with little children knows how tough it really is. The children will feel pain and sadness and confusion and grief. Mine certainly did. They may miss the other parent or not. They may cry a lot. Mine did. But on average, kids go back to their normal level of emotional health after those first two stressful years. And having those additional years of stress from moving, maybe from finding a new school, maybe from having to make new friends, are really different from saying that a kid has lifelong, long-term, serious emotional, psychological, or social problems. Now, I know what your listeners are thinking, because I had one of those one in a hundred hostile divorces. And so the stress went on way longer than two years, because I had uh, 10 years of going through family law court uh, over custody issues. So yes, in those kinds of cases, yeah, the stress and the tension is going to continue on. But here's what's so interesting. The early researchers found this. Here's Dr. Mavis Hetherington. Even from the 1980s and 90s, she had already been tracking divorced families for 20 years. She says, in the short run, divorce is brutally painful to a child, but the negative long-term effects have been exaggerated. And that's Dr. Mavis Hetherington from the University of Virginia. It's so interesting to have actual statistics on this because so many people just assume that that would happen. But I do want to also say one other thing. So many abusive men or their flying monkeys say things like this in order to manipulate their victims as well, or perhaps through spiritual abuse or other abusive means. And so I wonder also if abusive men themselves have perpetuated this myth as a way to manipulate a woman and control her and get her to stay in the marriage. Have you ever considered that? Absolutely. That's got to be a motivator for them because it's ingrained in our society. Even if you're not religious, you've heard this all over the place that divorce universally destroys kids. The best-selling book 22 years ago was a book called The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce by Wallerstein. And we'll talk about her later, but people love to quote that book because of one page in her introductory uh, section where she really kind of condemns all divorcees as selfish. And wow, I still hear quotes from that page on social media now. And so I have to push back and say, well, what about these other 20 quotes from her other pages? But yes, we get manipulated by abusers themselves. We get manipulated by people who believe in marriage at any cost. They don't care how much you and the kids are destroyed. 
they will they will repeat this myth all day long. In the marriage at any cost, they don't care if you or the kids are destroyed. What they're really saying is we care about the consequences to him and we don't want him to have bad consequences. We don't mind so much if you have them or your kids have them. So I think that's really interesting. So yeah, let's go on to myth number two. If you divorce, your kids will divorce themselves. They won't value marriage. So in other words, when they get older, they too will get divorced, which by the way, I've never thought this because all of my friends who had divorced parents, they highly value marriage. So I don't, I I have not personally seen that in my own experience. So I think that myth is really interesting. This is another, what I call a fear bomb that especially Christian organizations will put out there, especially the ones that want, you know, you to stay married and you're right, often favor the husband, the abuser, (laughs) even the pedophile over the wife and the children. But myth number two says, if you divorce, your kids will divorce and they won't value the sanctity of marriage. But the truth is that the majority of marriages of kids from divorced homes are lifelong. So in fact, the majority of people who marry in the United States have lifelong marriages, and that includes children of divorce. Now it is true that children from divorced homes are just a bit more likely to get divorced. The top researcher on this topic for the last, hmm, I want to say 22, 23, 24 years is uh, from your area. He's from the University of Utah, Dr. Nick Wolfinger. And in 2018, he said adult children of divorced parents have a 47% divorce rate. And those Um, people whose parents did not divorce had a 40% divorce rate. In other words, there's not a huge difference between those two groups, only 7%. So if you're staying, if somebody listening to this is staying just because of this myth, yeah, it's not worth it for 7%. Did this research talk about any divorce at all or divorcing the, the person's actual parent? So for example, my grandpa had divorced twice before he met my grandma, but is it only talking about when they divorced the parent of the kid? You know, that's a good question. And I also don't think it has been studied the effect of grandparents. Um, so no, I don't, I think it's bio parents. And it's, it's really interesting to me because my, my father's dad, his entire family, more or less, like so many of them divorced multiple times, but uh, all their children didn't. So my dad's not divorced. My parents aren't divorced, for example, and a ton of their kids aren't divorced. So I never really had a negative feeling about divorce either, just because my dad's parents and their family had a ton of divorces, which kind of signaled some unhealthy stuff. But luckily the kids we're like, wow, that was kind of unhealthy. We want to be more healthy. People don't think, hmm, maybe they learned the opposite thing from their parents. Exactly. Bingo. You just uncovered it because here's what happens. Um, you've probably, well, at least I have, and other people in my group have definitely seen the claim that if you divorce, your kids will view cohabitation as favorable and they won't value marriage. But the reality is that a couple of of university professors actually wanted to see if this was true. And they wanted to see if kids, um, if divorce, different kinds of divorce affected kids differently. So if the divorce was for serious reasons, the divorce to find relief from an abusive home, 
they discovered it made a huge difference in how kids saw marriage or how they valued marriage. So kids whose parents got life-saving divorces for really serious reasons still valued marriage. It was unbelievable. And here's what the researchers found. I'll just read their last sentence. The present study suggests one set of circumstances that a parental divorce may not undermine an offspring's commitment to marriage if it ends an especially discordant and aversive, that means really bad, toxic, betrayal-oriented, abuse-oriented parental marriage. And that's amazing because we were all taught that if we divorce, we're setting a bad example for our kids. In reality, kids know right from wrong, and kids know that marriage should be safe and loving and respectful. Yeah, I mean, just logically speaking, it seems like kids who observe a terrible, abusive marriage might value marriage less because they might be like, is this what marriage is? This is a mess. Like, I'm not into this. But if you have a, a parent who is like, hey, I deserve to be treated well. Marriage is for a loving, safe place. And this isn't loving and safe. So I'm going to get divorced. They might be like, yeah, because marriage is supposed to be a loving, safe place. It's interesting what we think we're teaching our kids, but then what we actually would be logically teaching them through our example. They're not under the same pressures we are. And they know what a marriage ought to look like. And they know that an abusive marriage is really no marriage at all. But then they get kind of inculcated by messages they get from either society or religion or, or just traditionalism that affect them. Yeah, you've said a few times now, like, not for just like, silly, let's just, I don't know what the word you used. What word did you remind me? um, Silly marriages? uh, Frivolous divorces. Uh, I, you know, I'm bored divorces. You and I are both religious. And so our communities are pretty serious about marriage commitment. We know that marriage is not going to be a bed of roses. We know not to expect champagne and flowers every night. We knew that marriage would be a sacrifice. We knew that it took commitment. And so the religious community, the strong religious community in in the United States is actually, they don't really divorce very often for these frivolous reasons. But if you weren't raised that way, you don't realize how many people are pushed into marriage due to getting pregnant or, you know, just marrying too young because the friends are. There's all kinds of other reasons why people will not plan to marry, but will impulsively marry. Real quick before a response, there are a lot of so-called betrayal trauma therapists or coaches or groups out there, but they don't approach pornography use or infidelity as an abuse issue, or they try to quote unquote treat both the abuser and the victim in the same setting, which is unethical. So if you hear something in this episode you relate to, check out the group session schedule at btr.org slash group. We'd love to see you in a group session today. Now back to our conversation. Just speaking to my listeners, I've never met someone at BTR or who listens to this podcast or follows us on social media who takes divorce lightly. Like most of them are considering divorce due to these awful abusive situations that they're in. And some of them are in these awful abusive situations and they're not considering divorce. But I, none of them, I would say, are just thinking, oh, divorce. So then when they start th- learning about abuse, It's really scary for them because abuse is so serious and you cannot help an abuser to change. And so then their divorce has to kind of come into the picture as an option. And that's really just heartbreaking. 
or I would say all of our listeners, because that is like the last thing that they want. And what I want to always remind them of is divorce is not the worst case scenario for you. The worst case scenario is being in an abusive relationship. That is the worst case scenario. My faith does not tolerate abuse. They have policies about it. We want to help women get to safety and things like that. And I would say generally speaking, not in practice per se, but most faiths, if you ask their leaders, how do you feel about abuse? They would be like, abuse is terrible. But what we find is on the ground level, people don't really understand emotional abuse or psychological abuse. They don't understand sexual coercion. So in practice, they're frequently asking victims of abuse to tolerate abuse. They're frequently asking them, hey, forgive, you know, try to move on or let it go. Because they think divorce is the worst case scenario, they don't understand that the scenario the woman is currently in is already the worst case scenario. Sure. When she's in despair, she's been driven into depression. She thinks she has to stay. And we're talking about further injury, psychologically and physically. We're talking about suicide. We're talking about even homicide. There's a lot of things worse than divorce. These are Gretchen's myths that she came up with. She's just not commenting on things that I came up with. So this list is Gretchen's list. She has an amazing YouTube video with a presentation with graphs and all kinds of awesome stuff. You can get that link in our show notes, either on our website, btr.org, or you can get it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see some visual aids and get all the sites make sure that you go there. Gretchen's myth number three is it's always best to stay for the kids. Also known as a two parent home is always better than a single parent home. We get this, especially at Father's Day. Father's Day is a great time for father's rights organizations to really hammer on this myth that a two parent married home is always superior to a single parent home. And that's absolutely not true. And it's been proven over and over again. There are absolutely times that divorce is good for kids. And by the mid 1990s, how come no one ever told us this? Researchers already knew the difference between divorces that broke up peaceful, safe and accepting homes and divorces that broke up tense, scary homes. And when I say broke up, I mean legally end, because we know that it's the abuse and the betrayal that broke the marriage. I'm just talking about bringing it to a legal end. So the question becomes in people's minds, um, especially since we tend to say, well, is this really abuse or is this, you know, a normal marriage with typical ups and downs? So I find that whenever I bring this up, Women say, well, I don't know, maybe I'm not in a highly toxic home. I mean, we never scream at each other. I might have slammed a door every once in a while. I might have uttered a curse. I might have even thrown a dish. But what qualifies as a highly toxic home? So what researchers found, they divided up all the marriages into five different categories on a spectrum, right? From safe, accepting, and loving on one end to very highly toxic marriages. And what they said is the level four and level five marriages, absolutely divorce is best for the kids. For those at like level five, it can be 10 times better for the kids. What it's really saying though, is that the effects of abuse are so much worse than the effects of divorce, that the kids' well-being was 10 times higher Now let's look at the next level down, what we would still call toxic homes. Those homes were at least one and a half times better 
in in cases where the kids' uh, parents divorced than if they had stayed. It's really important for us to realize that although divorce does cause them stress and worry and nightmares, they may even forget their toilet training, most of these repercussions go away in about two years. But over the long term, the abuse is far, far worse than the effects of divorce. With a divorce, you cannot control what happens at your ex-husband's home, right? So when your kids go with him, the, the abuse that they experience, um, the gaslighting, the manipulate, you know, whatever is not great. It's terrible and it's awful, but it's not the whole time. And so I also like to think of it as your children get this experience living in two different countries and they get to have this experience of having the culture be different in these two different countries. and they hopefully will learn to feel and see that in the one country, it feels kind of yucky and confusing and chaotic. And, you know, there's always some weird thing going on. And then the other country, it feels safe and calm and peaceful. And that they'll start to recognize those two different cultures and start making choices for themselves about what type of life they would like to have. Um, I think that it's so fascinating to say to people, have you ever considered what the effects are of living in a home where they're witnessing abuse all the time, right? Even if it's the just covert manipulative abuse that most of our listeners experience. Most of our listeners don't have physical violence, for example, as a factor in their abusive situations. It's emotional abuse, psychological abuse, and sexual coercion. And the kids being exposed to that all the time really does have an effect on them. Absolutely. And you know, what's really interesting is you bring up a great topic because a lot of people in my group will say, well, if I stay married, I can protect them from him. Well, you know, that's the same story I gave myself. I, you know, there's no way you can stay awake 24 seven. There's, you know, you have to go out grocery shopping. I mean, and then they're also observing the the covert disdain, dismissiveness, indifference when you're when you're in the home. But here's what I want to bring up. There's an incredible study we were never ever told about. It's called the Jaffe study. And it says that if a father has at least three out of the seven antisocial traits, and they listed them that if the children reside with him 24-7, seven days a week, then they are one in eight chances likely to develop conduct disorders themselves. If you can get them out of that house 50% of the time, if they live with you 50% of the time, and usually mothers get a little bit better than 50% custody in, in terms of actual minutes and days and hours, you can drop that in half. And so it really is something that women who are thinking about divorce need to consider that just getting them away from him some of that time, as you say, into the kind, loving country and culture and getting them away from the chaotic, strange, manipulative culture, it really does make a, a difference. I wanted to summarize myth three by saying, this is the basic rule of thumb. If the marriage is good or okay, then divorce is bad for kids. If the marriage is bad, divorce is good for kids. You know, that's a weird thing to say, because if the marriage is good, the likelihood of divorce is very low. 
So so it's sort of like saying, well, all divorce is awesome then. Because Americans, of course, if the marriage is great, divorce is bad for kids. But like if the marriage is great, the likelihood of divorce is pretty low. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, we, you and I feel that way in our, in our everyday, in what we do with our groups. That is the place where we operate from. But we are used to dealing with mature women, people who knew what they were getting into. They planned to, to marry. They were, had been trained in their homes, by their society, and in their religious world to be ready for sacrifice for husband and children. The devoutly religious or even moderately religious group of people, or maybe even if they're not religious at all, but just were raised very traditionally, they really value, we really value marriage. I mean, we are absolutely willing to sacrifice all kinds of things, even our dignity and our safety for these marriages. But there actually do exist. And when you look at studies, these university researchers say there genuinely are people who <laughs> get, I'm bored divorces and I feel unfulfilled. Now, I've never seen one in 20 years of doing divorce recovery in churches. I've never seen one of those. But I will have to take the professor's research as truth. Apparently, they have seen them. I don't know. It's, it's, um, I never see it. I've, I've, I never see it. That's interesting. If this podcast is helpful to you, please help us reach other women by following or subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping other women find us. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma on Amazon and rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on support the BTR podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.